bats and banshees, bitches and witches, werewolf tops, and Dracula bottoms. Welcome to Saturday, a podcast for sads and gays and apparently YouTubers, because this is what I'm fucking doing right now. It is October 30th, and I will be releasing this on October 31st. Uh, For today's episode, which is brought to you by Fireball and Manic Depression. For today's episode... I wanted to talk about Halloween, obviously, because it's a Halloween episode, right? <laughs> Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. During this episode, I wanted to do. Bam! I wanted to do an episode that was unique, an episode that was visually stunning. Um, Couldn't get the dancers, couldn't get the choreographers. uh, Stalked practically everyone I know on Grindr. Uh, Fist your ass, 69. um, Felch me bear, 42. No one responded. I couldn't get the dancers. I just couldn't get the dancers. So I'm doing this all on my own. It's a solo podcast. It's a solo Halloween episode. I thought today I would combine makeup tutorials, feelings and thoughts and feelings and stuff. Now, what do most people do when they do makeup tutorials, right? They make themselves look pretty. They tell you about like the best product to use and all this stuff. I have none of that. Okay, I have none of that. I have a clusterfuck of shit, right? I have this store brand Halloween makeup shit. I have a straw so that when I put on my makeup, I can drink my beer, which is extremely shitty and I wouldn't recommend drinking it. I have some eyeshadow. I don't know if I'm allowed to show the brand, but you can probably see it. I have um, some eyeliner that I bought from Hot Topic. I'm not going to tell you the look right now, but what I figured I would do is you can figure out what I'm going to do with my look. And what I wanted to talk about today is why is Halloween? Why is Halloween? Why is horror movies? And what does that mean during this quarantine time? Now, I'm going to begin by just putting on some foundation. Um, I'm putting on the whitest foundation because I want to look like my scary grandmother. And terrify all the men that I want to date. So I figured I'd begin with this very... It's a it's a NYX. It's a NYX. NYX NYX. Is that what is that what we're calling it? Is that what it's called? It's foundation. I believe it's of the um, ivory variety. 
please don't judge me for how I put this on. Everyone's going to judge. Anyone that watches this, the two people that watch this are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? Why, Kyle? I just like put it on different areas and leave it on there for a little bit to just like blend. I'm not going to explain what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So why would I explain something that I don't know what it is? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I have here, during my thorough research into what is horror, why is horror, I found this very old and interesting article from 1997. This is called The Horror of It All, Our Obsession with the Gothic feeds, feeds the beast of Halloween. Now this is by, this was 1997. Did I mention that? Again, I'm going to say 1997. Good year. I don't know what the fuck happened. I was like five or six when that was a thing. When 97 was a thing, Spice World, I think was happening. Spice World, Spice Up Your Life. Uh, Mulan would come out a year later. I think Hercules was a popular movie then. I only know things in relevance to Disney movies. So I'm going to say it was the year of Hercules. This author, Mark Edmondson, writes in the Washington Post, 1997, article in the Washington Post. Looking a little more closely, though, at the phenomenon of uh, Halloween and our obsession with horror, Looking a little more closely, though, we might see Halloween as a relief from, as well as a crystallization of, our day-to-day immersion in the Gothic. For on Halloween, our obsessions are played out in a witty, high-spirited way. People are often dressed up as the creature they most feared and begin hamming it up. Halloween is a gothic holiday that, in its spirit of carnival and masquerade, both pays homage to and mocks the gothic by dressing up to become the object of our worst fear. Vampires, serial killers, and ghouls. Some of us may use this haunted of holidays as the day off from our culture's perpetual haunting. He goes on to describe the cultural significance, the prior cultural significance of Halloween. As some of you are familiar with Samhain, some people pronounce it Samhain, other people pronounce it Samhain. I don't care. Just don't call me late for dinner is what all, all I have to say. So... He describes Halloween, according to him, according to his cultural understanding back in 1997, uh, of Samhain, which is is how we understand it nowadays about the history of Halloween, of Samhain as a celebration, not a celebration, a, a, a deviation from celebration, a way of avoiding ghosts by dressing up as ghosts kind of like when you're like closeted in high school and you just like pretend to be straight because you don't want people to be like you're gay i'm gonna fucking kill you bitch 
you know, you just like, you just kind of like blend in, like I'm blending here and you probably fuck it up, right? You probably fuck it up. So Samhain was a way of uh, a Celtic practice, practice, praxis of preparation for the winter solstice, right? So as it was a transition into the winter solstice, it was a day, it was the day that the the ghosts were known to roam the earth. Roam the earth just to get ready for winter, I guess. Just be like, winter's coming, guess I'll just like chill for a little bit until like they kick me out and say like, oh bitch, you can't be here right now. So like people are scared of ghosts, right? People don't, they're not like huge on ghosts. So, like, they would dress up as ghosts so, like, they wouldn't be attacked, right? In the same way, as I said, in the same way that you try to blend in with the cishets, the cishets, as I say. Like, you don't want people to notice that you're gay or maybe, like, trans and, like, you just want to, you just try to fit a norm. Try to be a normie. Try to please the ghost, you know? So, they would just, in that Celtic tradition, they would just dress up as ghosts. Just be like, hi. Yeah, isn't it so weird how we spooked Gary last week? Well, that was a hoot. So that was how it all began. That was how all of it began. And also, I mean, I, I, I should reference, I'm not a historian. I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is in my world as I dab on this very white makeup, trying to explain Halloween and have friends that are really far away from me right now. So it is rooted in a lot of this because it's based off winter solstice, the preparation for winter solstice. It is based off of uh, more Roman traditions, the Roman festival Pomona, um, which introduced the, uh, the candy element of it, right? the candy element of trick-or-treat. So some of the treats that were given out then were like apples, which I guess is a fucking treat. I mean, I love apples, don't get me wrong, but like a treat? Mm, I don't know about that. So that was where the treat concept came in. Okay? And then, you're probably asking, but kind of Kyle, did I mention that I'm kind of Kyle? I don't think I said that. I think I just like jumped into going on a rant about Halloween because I'm trying to get... Spoopy, trying to get so spoopy, yo. Um, also, I'm like trying to do my neck, but I'm not gonna do anything with my neck. So I just want to let you know that I can't do everything all at once. So it was based off of a combination of the Samhain, the Samhain tradition of dressing up like ghosts to just like blend in, the Roman tradition of uh. Of, of, of treats, of treats getting ready for the winter solstice. So like eating winter fruits, which uh, apple apparently was one of them. Uh, and trick or treat. That was more of a medieval tradition. Uh, need a little bit more. That was more of a medieval tradition. Okay. And what would happen there? So I related to Carnival and Masquerade. Masquerade. If you don't know the song, then you're not gay. Um, 
So Masquerade or Carnival, like the time I, I think of a good comparison in a video I watched, uh, Topsy Turvy, it's a comparison to Topsy Turvy in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Everything's backwards. So the poor become rich, the rich become poor. So this was a time where... Um, poor farmers would go to their serfs and say, yo, give me some food. Give me some food. Give me some gifts. Topsy-turvy day. Friggin' carnival. Where's your money? Bitch better have my fucking money. You got my money? Got my food, bitch? You gonna feed me, ho? Gonna feed me, ho? So it was a combination of the Halloween, as we know, which I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more history but I don't have time to go into that because I'm also trying to do my makeup right now. And then I have other ideas that I want to talk about. Okay. So it was a kind of combo of like, bitch, you're going to feed me, bitch, better have my gifts. Uh, winter fruits, apples are a great candy, apparently. And also let's dress as ghosts because ghosts are apparently stupid and won't know that we're humans. All of this all of this, and now we have full-blown slutty, dark, and spoopy Halloween culture. That's where we are today. Hi, how are you? Hi. And we have horror movies. We have gory horror movies. <laughs> and as feminists, as feminist scholars, who don't like to perpetuate the idea of violence, who don't like to impose it or instill it into men, who might reiterate that, we might want to ask ourselves, what are the political implications of this? Why gore? Why horror? Do I have an answer to these questions? No. I just took a fireball shot and I'm drinking a beer and I'm about to do spooby Halloween makeup. Excuse me. We are now in a time where we've gone past the fruit thing and, and the dressing up just as ghosts because we think ghosts are stupid and won't recognize us. And we're at a place now where we just dress up. We're not trying to scare anyone necessarily, but sometimes we are. And I'm wondering, what is this obsession? Why, why are we so obsessed with Halloween? So, Part of me was thinking, I don't know if you remember this, if you listen to my podcast, which you should have. Part of me was thinking of this obsession with the horror, obsession with the taboo, and the pleasure derived in this association that it has with both the real and the unreal. So people might remember, if you listen to my podcast, people might remember that um, a few episodes ago, I referred to a little thing called the Rocking Horror Picture Show. And my friend Roxanne, hi Roxanne, I love you so much. I fucking love you so fucking much um so that is a show right makes no fucking sense rocky heart picture show doesn't make much of sense right it is about 
a cross-dressing alien who makes a living sex doll, a living human sex doll. Now, it's rooted in some places of familiarity, right? We recognize Brad and Janet. We recognize uh, the the sort of white-laced, white-laced, is that the term I want to use? The sort of like straight and narrow, very normal, very heterosexual couple. And the ways that they're prudish and probably hiding something, like they probably both secretly want to get pegged, right? And that's why the Rocky Horror Picture Show is so interesting, right? Is because it just takes that whole taboo and is like, heterosexuality is a myth. Gender is a myth. Uh, Richard O'Brien was kind of a piece, is kind of a piece of shit. I didn't realize, and I apologize for not referencing this in my podcast. I didn't realize how problematic Richard O'Brien was, but he is. Anyway, all of this to say, there's something to say about our associations with horror and a combination of it being very real, but also not real at all. Right, I have to look at the mirror over here to do this. Doozy, although I technically don't because I'm gonna color all of this black anyway. Oh, I didn't realize <gasps> I screwed it up because I shouldn't have done that. I should have done my eye first. You ruin everything, you stupid bitch. Now I'm going to be using some of my professional color palette. It's called Murder Me Daddy 69. It's by me. I did it. I did all of that. So part of this question that I'm asking has brought me into more of the nuanced and professional and academic questions that I always ask because that's who I am and that's what I do. In psychology today, Mark Griffith talks about this a little bit in more detail than I do, probably because he wasn't doing his makeup while he was doing it. Why do we like watching scary films? Why do we like watching scary films? Tell me, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Sorry, I'm not doing, I'm not doing the room. I'm not doing references to the room. I told you I would stop. I told you I would fucking stop. According, he writes, according to a 2004 paper in the Journal of Media and Psychology, I would like a better thing to do this with. Oh, no. I'll just do this. I'm just going to have to do this. According to a 2004 paper in Journal of Media psychology i thought it was media and psychology but it's I, I i don't know maybe i'm wrong but according to this journal by uh an article by glenn walters there are three three primary factors that make horror films alluring and those are 
tension. Oh my god, there's a little brush on here. Did you fucking know that? I didn't see that. I didn't see the brush. Stupid hoe. You're a stupid hoe. You're you're a stupid hoe. I didn't see the brush. I didn't fucking see the brush. I'm not going to use it now anyway, but I'll just say I didn't see the brush. Okay, so there are three primary factors that make horror films alluring. Now, those are... I'll discuss them, just give them the name first, and then I'll discuss them in more detail, okay? So those are tension, relevance, and unrealism. So from my understanding, everyone is clear that this is my understanding, right? Tension, okay? Tension generated by suspense or gore right by suspense or gore so designed to make you feel uncomfortable right you're not supposed to feel do you remember that thing what was that thing that alfred hitchcock wrote everyone knows this because you all if you if you went to community college which you probably did if you listen to this because you can't afford fucking harvard like joey smith whose dad owns Toaster Strudel. Uh, you probably heard this in community college about what makes a film a film. The thing about Alfred Hitchcock where he says, uh, you know, you're watching a movie and there's two people talking in a room and they're sitting at a desk and like, we know that there's a bomb under the desk and one of the people doesn't know that there's a bomb and the bomb's supposed to go off. And so the whole time... You're tense, right? Because you're like, motherfucker, the bomb's going to go off. Get the fuck out, bitch. Bye. Bye. That's my understanding of tension. Now, someone could say, oh, technically, that's not tension. That's hyper suspense of the psychological. I don't know. But to me, that sounds like tension right there. I would say that's pretty tense, boo-boo. That's pretty fucking tense. Um, okay, so in more detail, right, the next one, what's the next one, honey? Tell me the next one. The next one is after tension relevance. That's why I said cultural. So it means like cultural relevance, right? So like if I mention Hitchcock, most of you, if you're listening and you're like not old and gay, Maybe you don't know who Hitchcock is, and that's okay. So, like, maybe that reference is outdated. Or, like, if I reference, although I think they're making a comeback, but, like, just to use an example, because this literally just popped in my head, if I make a reference to, like, Animaniacs, like, you might not get it, right? If you're younger, you might not get it. If you're, like, old as fuck and sad and gay like me, like, you'll understand it, but, like... You might not get it. Like, you might not get it. You might not get it. If you're under 23, you might not get it. And that's sad. And that's okay. So, but it's not just, right? It doesn't just have to do with that specificity of cultural relevance. It also can do with personal relevance. So, we relate to the characters. So, like, let's say in Midsummer, right? Like, Midsummer, she, like, struggles with, like, depression and, like, 
really bad trauma. I'm not going to try to give away it. I'm not a fan of Midsummer. That's all I'll say. Not a fan of Midsummer. Um, but there's like personal relevance to it, right? And I, it's not. I don't like it. I don't dislike it because of the personal relevance. That's not why. But sometimes that is why I don't like films. Um, I won't go into it. I think it's boring. I think it's boring and uninteresting. And I think people try to make it be like, it's so intellectual. It's so intellectual. Like just because something's intellectual, just because you think it's intellectual doesn't make it good. Like just because you think it has something to say of cultural relevance, which it doesn't always like that could just be you boo boo. Like, and that doesn't make it good. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, so it could be personal relevance, cultural um, they mentioned the fear of death. That's often the theme. We know that. That's often the theme. And so the irony, it's not irony. I don't know what irony is. Guys, I don't know. Someone explain. I'm an English major. Okay, I get it. I should like know what irony is, but it's like, guys, I don't know. I don't know what irony is. Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. I don't know what irony is. <laughs> But the, there's an odd dynamic. Let me just say that. There's an odd, interesting dynamic between horror being seen as invested in relevance, as in something real, right? Something real, something familiar, something peculiar, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. And then also... It's rooted in unrealism. So we have these three factors of, and as I went into detail with the other two, uh, tension, dynamic tension, shock, gore, mystery, terror, relevance, personal relevance, something you can relate to, cultural relevance, something you're familiar with, or something that everyone relates to, like the fear of death. Oh, did I fuck it up? That's okay. I don't think I did, actually. I'll make it work. And then uh, this unrealism at the same time. So something that's both hyper real. The fear of death is very real, right? We're all afraid of death. And if not, you're like, you're cool. I mean, I'm like, it's okay. Like, death's just going to be there. Death's just going to be like, hey, girl, hey. And that's fine. I'm like, that's, I sound like James Charles. That's not a critique. It's just like an observation. I didn't mean to sound like James Charles there. Hi, James Charles or whatever. I don't care. Um, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic, is it not? Is it not? So he talked a little bit more about this detail of the unreal. And um, that is the author Mark Griffith. Mark Griffith, who's building off of the work of Glenn Walters. And it's interesting, Glenn Walters, I tried to find this information, couldn't find it, couldn't find the article. It's like the article isn't published. Yeah, there have been a few people who have referenced this, this person, this person, persona. Um, so he gives a few examples of what he means by like this relationship between the unreal and this like also simultaneous obsession with like the familiar 
And he talks about this study that I honestly don't remember if he conducted or if like someone else conducted and he just like referenced it in his study. But he talks about um, this moment in in a, a class, a psychology class, I believe it was, where someone would, uh, someone put on, the professor put on a video and they would watch real life documentary footage of gross things, like very grotesque things. I don't want to give like, okay, like trigger warning because I might end up giving a few examples. Like I think one of them was like a monkey with its like skull getting bashed and like other shit like that. And like people, the students were like naturally fucking horrified, right? Like you would be horrified too if you saw that. Okay. So like they would put that on and fucking be disgusted, right? And yes, these same people that, like, this professor was doing this study on, right, these same people would enjoy horror movies, would love, like, would be like, sign me the fuck up to see a monkey get its head smashed in a fucking movie where I know it's not real. Well, I don't think if that, that would be the exact situation that they probably approve of. I'm sure there's layers to that, but, um, yeah, they would be like, sign me the fuck up for that. I think I did a mistake and I'm sorry. I didn't read the instructions for this. I think there's a different type of makeup that I'm supposed to be using for this part. Um, they'd be like, sign me the fuck up for that. And yet, be terrified of the documentary, be disgusted at the documentary because of its layers of realism, right? Because it's like real, because it's actually happening. And that's the thing is like what makes horror and what makes Halloween fun and interesting is the fact that it's like escapable, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to, we don't live in Halloween Town, ho. Like, maybe you're like, oh, I'd love to live in Halloween Town, but like, would you really though? Would you want like Calabar, like, up your fucking ass trying to fucking steal your like Cromwell fucking wand? Would you want that? Would you want Calabar up your ass trying to steal your fucking Cromwell wand? No, you wouldn't. I don't care what you say. Like, if you're saying yes, you're just like, one of those sarcastic dudes in class that like wear a fucking minor threat shirt and think you're hot shit. I like minor threat too, but like, that's not what this is about right now. That's not what this is about. So there's an aspect of us celebrating Halloween and investing in this scariness because we know it's not real, right? And there's kind of a comfort in that. There's kind of like, it's a, it's a taboo allure, if you will. It's a taboo allure. I put way too much of this shit on that area right there. And it, it simultaneously makes us feel safe, right? Which I'll go into detail a little bit later. It's something that makes us 
feel safe, feel secure because we control it, right? Or we at least know, like, unlike the situation with uh, the Alfred Hitchcock situation that I mentioned, right? We know that the bomb's there and we know when the bomb's going off, right? We know that element. That's why people go to these haunted um, houses, right? That's why people go into haunted houses because, like, if you said, like, oh, hey, come into this murder house and fucking die and get murdered, and people aren't going to do that. People don't do that. People don't want to get murdered. Like, most people don't want to get murdered, and the people that want to get murdered, like, need help. Sorry. Like, you need help. Sorry to say this, but people that want to get murdered might need some psychological help. Hot take. Okay, guys, I had to do a lot of tweaking because honestly, this is a new look for me and I like couldn't talk and do it at the same time. So now I'm just like filling in some color. Also, like, again, I told you guys I wasn't going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm not going to say it. Um, You guys have to figure it out, which you probably can already figure it out anyway. And you're like, a bitch, you're fucking it up. And I'm like, I know, honey, I know. Um, let me try to add. But anyway, so now, if you couldn't tell, I want to go into the psychology of fear, right? Because that's why we're all here. Let me just do it. Yeah. Yes. The psychology of fear. I'll just connect that and make it a little bit bigger. Yes. Okay. Now, I mentioned, right, about what makes us interested in horror, right? And I said, what was it again? Um, tension, relevance, and uh, the other thing, unrealism. Tension, relevance, and unrealism. The fact that we don't know it's, that we know it's not real. And yet, we also like some, we like it to be real enough that it can still be scary. So I'm trying to think of like, what's a really good, so my favorite horror movie, right? As I'm sure some of you know who know me is Carrie, right? Carrie is like, guys, Seriously, I think Carrie is like a cinematic gem. It's like my favorite movie of like all time. I like love it. I like love it so much. I love Rocky Horror, but like honestly, Carrie is my favorite movie. Carrie is my favorite movie of all time. Um, so there are right my waters my waters are starting to eye my eyes are starting to water already uh so there are psychological responses to this right there's psychological responses to why we get scared sometimes there's psychological reasons to why we do anything you know like why am i gay that's a that's debatable people are like oh you have the gay uncle theory like somehow there was a gay ape that was an uncle and he needed to be an uncle in case his parents died like in case there was some like reverse tarzan shit you know 
and you needed a gay uncle there to just be like, I'll take you in my wing and I'll show you some Liza Minnelli because I'm a gay fucking monkey. And that's what I do. That's what all gay monkeys do. Anyway, there's psychological reasons to everything. And now we're going to get into the psychological regions of regions of horror. Yes, this is a psychological regions of horror. Why do we like horror so much? Why do we do it? Why do we do it to ourselves? So, I have this here article. I have just articles. That's all I have. Am I doing this right? How am I supposed to get this on? I'm like tempted to wet this, but I feel like I'm not supposed to. What are the instructions for this? What are the instructions? Now this is considered grease paint, right? Grease, cream paint, so that grease paint. Use over set base makeup, blend, highlight, or add details. Am I supposed to, excuse me, am I supposed to use my own? No. I guess I just continually dab. I just dab. Yabba dabba do. Dabby dabby dabby. Is it working? Is it working, daddy? Ew. I can't believe I just said that. All right. So psychological reasons, right? For our obsession with hurrah. Now, this is from an article by Christine Felizar from uh, Bustle. The name of the article is The Psychological Reason Scary Movies Are Sometimes Oddly Comforting. All right, so she's writing about how coincidentally, oops, I got it in the wrong part. I'll just color over that. Coincidentally, Okay, I should just, no, I can't, I've already gone too far. I've gone too far, and this is why I was supposed to do it beforehand, wasn't I? Oh, I blended by mistake, motherfucker. Okay, so she says, at one point, I might have to use this brush. I knew I was going to have to use this brush, and this is the time, guys. This is the time when I use the brush. She writes, Christine Felizar. When you're scared, your brain's immediate response is to go into fight or flight mode, right? That's a common thing. That's a common thing that we do. Oh, bitch, yes. Bitch, yes. It's not looking how I wanted, but that's okay. Because I was supposed to do this first, right? I was supposed to do this first. Okay. So, when you go into, when you're scared, brain goes into two immediate responses. Uh, you shit, and then you get off the pot. No, you have a fight or flight response, right? When this happens, your entire body can react. Entire body can react. For instance, your heart may race. And even cause you to jump. That can be fun for people, right? That can be fun. So part of what makes a movie comforting 
is this flight or fight response, right? It makes us wanna la la. Makes us wanna la la. It makes us jump, and the jumpiness makes us feel alive, right? Like we sometimes we need to feel alive. Sometimes you need to just put a bunch of makeup on and start a podcast and then realize you're going to show this to the world and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And why did I decide to do this? And this is not the color I wanted, but that's okay. It's not right, but it's okay because you know what? I'm going to make it anyway. Okay, so that's one. So she gives three reasons. Okay, she gives three reasons why people like the feeling of getting scared. Three reasons why people like the feeling of getting scared. So one is the fight or fight. One is the flight or fight response. Fight or flight response, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the fight or flight response is number one. When we, we like the feeling of the jumpy feeling, we get excited from it, it alerts us, makes us feel alive. The second one is it feels pleasurable to get through a scary movie. Now this one, I feel like is probably familiar to some people. So let's like screwing up this palette, which I probably will never use again, but that's fine. Okay, so it feels pleasurable, right? So like, it feels pleasurable getting through. Ah, oh, there we go, bitch. It feels pleasurable getting through a movie, right? So like, let's say, I mean, we know this, right? When we... People like to thrill chase. So let's say you're a person, right? Let's say you're a person who suffers from anxiety. Hi, how are you? Uh, you want to overcome it, right? You want to say that I, yeah, I'm an anxious bitch, but like also like I ain't afraid of shit, you know? I ain't afraid of shit. So like, what do you do? What do you do? You fucking go to a horror movie. You go to a horror movie, right? And you go, hey, hi, bitches. I ain't afraid of shit. I ain't fucking scared. My name's kind of Kyle. I'm like, what up? I got a fucking big cock, right? I got a big old cock for you right here. I ain't afraid of shit. And like, I'm about to prove it to you, right? And so you give, and even if it's not about like other people that you're talking to, right? Keep hitting the place that I don't want to hit. <laughs> That's what fucking he said or she said to him. Whatever. It is what she said to him, though. I know, because I was there. Um, yeah. It's not just about proving it to other people, right? It's about proving it to yourself. So it feels pleasurable to get through a scary movie. It feels pleasurable to live through this, as Courtney Love would say feels good to live through this to show that you can do it to show to people that you can do it like hi i fucking survived um yeah you think i'm an anxious bitch because sometimes i fucking poop my pants for no fucking reason 
like, hey, I'm still out here, right? I'm still here. I'm still standing. No, really, Joel, okay. And then the final reason is that horror movies, people feel connected. People get more connected. That's why it's like the cliche of like, you go out with your girlfriend or boyfriend or they friend, right? And like you, hold on a sec. You got scared, right? And you're like, oh my God, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. And you just like cuddle up to them, right? You just go the fuck up and you cuddle up and you're like, hold me. Oh my God, I was so scared. Thank you, you comforted me. I am no longer scared. You are such a big, strong person. And that's why everyone gets laid during horror movies. That's why they call horror movies an aphrodisiac. Did you know that? Did you know that they call horror movies an aphrodisiac? Uh, You probably didn't because they don't, but they should. I think they should. I need to fix that. So, uh, I'm so close to almost done. We see moments of like varying types of horror, right? that kind of have to do with, like, the culture that we're living in, right? So, like, um, I'll give an example, like, and this also, like, so in the article that I referenced before, the 97 article, like, it wasn't just about, um, it wasn't just about, like, Halloween. It was about our cultural obsession with the gothic culturally with what we're afraid of right with what we're afraid of in the moment because our fears are never like i don't think our fears are like constantly like if we as a culture are constantly evolving right then our fears probably change too right like wouldn't you think like wouldn't you like think like oh yeah sometimes we get scared of different things at different times because, like, we're taught that, like, the boogeyman takes on different, like, like, figures. Our fears change as our culture changes, right? So, let me think of a few examples. Um, one that, okay, we can, we can even give an example of Kerry. A lot of, so whenever it's kind of interesting that I think of this, a lot of times when I reference Kerry, as one of my favorite horror movies, it's my favorite movie in general, as I've said already. Um, a lot of people reference Rosemary's Baby. And the man, who was a man, as I said, because he was a man, uh, who wrote Rosemary's Baby, also wrote the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't write the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The guy who wrote Rosemary's Baby also wrote The Stepford Wives. But all of that to say, interesting feminist takes horror, horror intersections with feminist takes. With feminist takes. This is looking bad, but that's okay. I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional. I could blend a little bit more though with that do shit. Nope. Baby, you gonna fuck it up. Baby, you gonna fuck it up. That's what you gonna do. Uh, 
So anyway, whenever I bring up Carrie, people always want to bring up Rosemary's baby. It's not, and it's not like a one-time thing. It's not just a rare occasion where people just happen to bring up Rosemary's baby. Whenever it's like, it's, it's a few times where I've brought up Carrie and people want to talk about Rosemary's baby. Why is that? Uh, one thing is, is that it was written, it was written roughly, well, the movies came out. I don't know when, I don't know when uh, the book, Rosemary's Baby came out. I know that Carrie, the book, I believe it came out in 1974, but the movie of Rosemary's Baby, the, the book, I'm not sure. I know that the, I'm pretty sure the movie came out in 1969. I think it was 1969. But so the movie Rosemary's Baby came out in 1969. The movie Carrie came out in 1976, I believe. Why that? Why was um why was a story about a teenage girl who was horribly made fun of and abused by her mother and a film about a woman who's manipulated by like Hollywood and opportunistic men around her why were those prevalent and very much well revered horror movies during that time now my thought if you want my thought which is like you're here so like even if you don't want my thought you're going to get my thought anyway so like just sit back and listen i guess my thought is that um you have like you have the rise of like second wave feminism right you have the rise of second wave feminism happening like roughly around like i mean it's around that time right so you have people say like around 60s 70s right so that's peak second wave feminism peak second wave feminism issues of issues of uh reproductive rights issues of equal opportunity issues introducing more so issues of sexual harassment although that's still being talked about today which is sad um so why was why was carrie and rosemary's baby such popular horror movies during that time um why else wouldn't they be why wouldn't they be huge fucking films at the time you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying though does that make sense does that make sense does that does that you understand do you understand what i'm saying i think the question that i have right now is what does horror mean for us right now baby 
What does heart mean? Can you tell me? So in a time where, right, none of us are able to see each other. In a time where we are living in the horror moment, right? Um, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? What are we going to do? What are we going to do, baby? Um, I think one of the more interesting movies that came out during this time would be uh, right before COVID, mind you. Would have to be Parasite. Y'all seen that? Uh, not to give any spoilers, but I'm about to give away spoilers. Um, no, actually, I don't think I'm going to give spoilers, but like maybe just don't listen if you haven't seen Parasite or just like watch Parasite regardless. Um, ironic in, in name, excuse me, ironic in name, sorry, I'm using ironic and I, I don't know what I, I, like, I know what ironic means, but honestly, like, I feel like my understanding of ironic is different from, like, pretentious people who write for the New Yorker's definition of ironic. Like, you know, why can't it be rain on your wedding day? Why can't it be a free ride when you're already paid, you know? Who would have thought that it figures? It, that's the questions that I would really like to know, okay? But um, anywho, so in 2020, right, a little movie called Parasite came out. Popular film, woo! Very white. Uh, popular film, critically acclaimed, story, horror, but more so thriller, um, about a family that, like, basically is, like, fuck rich people where the time has come, we're taking over, you know? Oh, that's not, I don't like that. <laughs> Let me see, let me see. No, this isn't working. Oh well, we'll make it work. I'll figure something out. What if I, would I be crazy, you guys, if I combine my foundation, because I think what hap what's happening, honestly, is my foundation is like wearing away. Now would I be cuckoo bananas? If I combined this foundation with this, there we go. No, it's not really working. Okay. It's coming off. That's great. That's exactly what I wanted to happen. This all is what I wanted to happen. It's fine. It's fine. I'll just leave it on. I will just leave it on after this. Once it blends, I'm gonna just leave it on and cry and like start a satanic ritual as like I always do. It's Satan, bitch. Okay, so Parasite, right? Eat the rich. 
very, very, very of its time when we're all like, when we're all collectively, like people like to think that it's just like people in academia, but that's not true. Like if you're in academia, like just know you're not unique. You're kind of basic. Um, Like we're all about eating the rich at this point, right? But yet a movie called right a movie called parasite about eating the rich about like like being so taken advantage of and being in such like living in such like pretty much unlivable circumstances like the ways it's a movie about how the system leads you to be viewed as a parasite right and the horror is that people that are viewed as the parasite aren't the parasite. It's really the people that think of themselves as civilized, right? And people are like, yeah, duh. People who are listening to this are like, yeah, duh. But you know, you're the parasite. I'm the parasite. You're the parasite. Like, I wombo, you wombo. We all wombo. Wombology, the study of wombo. Like, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And coincidentally, also, uh, the title Parasite, right? They, they like live this family that it's all about, like lives in squalor, like wants opportunities to do not have those opportunities and do whatever they fucking can to get out of it to actually have the opportunities that their rich predecessors, their ri- the rich family they're working for has. Like, which, like, wouldn't you do that? Like, you're like, nah, like, you would. You would. You would. If I gave you money, you would. I know you. I know what you do. I know what you do. Your Saturday nights, you go to the gay bars, and you, you act like you're a little twink, little twink cutie with your daddies and your and your little undies anyway so like a a film like that right a film like parasite comes out and in the name and we get a critique of capitalism which is like everyone's like yas queen yas and capitalism kill it yas bitch like we're all for it right and then we have the title parasite and then shortly after that right we get like this outbreak of fucking COVID. We get this COVID fucking crazy cuckoo bananas shit, right? And then like we think of like, then you think about it, right? I mean, you you can think about it if you want to. Like I would suggest that maybe you think about it this way, but like you don't have to. I'm not telling you to think about it this way. But like then we have, right? then we have this outbreak of COVID and it's like the COVID is the parasite. But then also we have like a president who isn't even acknowledging it. We're having limited health care. We're having limitations of who can get access to this. We're having a president who like denies that it exists yet also fucking has it or had it at the time where I'm making this, you know, cuckoo bananas, cuckoo banane. As I say, please vote, please vote, please vote. I think that's what I'm going to leave it at. What's my conclusion? 
That's my final thing to say about this. Uh, we're all fucked and overrated. I think I'm going to be sick and it's your fault. Um, also vote. And also have a happy Halloween. Have a safe Halloween. Um, maybe don't do a podcast that involves like makeup and talking at the same time. Unless you're Bailey Saron. Sarian. Sarian, hi. Yeah, that's obviously who I like tried to do this podcast and dedication for and like wildly screwed up but that's fine because you know what you take the good you take the bad you take it all and then you have the fags the fags of life the fags of life okay in the meantime uh i look like a jackson pollock painting that's fine it's fine everything's fine I'm kind of Kyle. Go vote. Go fuck yourself. And mwah, mwah, mwah. goodbye. So in the process of making that video, I didn't realize that I forgot to do the whole promotional thingy, follow me thingy. So the podcast, which is Sadder Gay, a podcast for sads and gays, is available on most podcast services uh spotify apple amazon google play iHeartRadio. look it up saturday my name's kind of kyle you can find me on instagram at k-i-n-d-a underscore k-y-l-e like comment subscribe and I think that's it. Happy Halloween. Bye-bye.